Bombing not four five two nine. Thursday, he twenty third of April, two thousand and fifteen. I won't know until the end of the tour whether I've sold enough tickets to pay off the rest of my Edinburgh debt and provide me with income to keep my family alive. My guess is I've done okay. I seem to have sold slightly fewer tickets at the bigger venues, but slightly more at the smaller ones. And overall, I think things have held pretty steady in the face of being up against 120 other touring comedians. There was always the risk I would go out on an 80-plus theatre tour and end up earning no money at all but for now I'm keeping my head above the water in this volatile and fickle business. Tonight I was in Harlow where I got just under 100 people for only the third or fourth time and one of those times there was only room for 70 people in a theatre that seated 400. I guess if it has been happening all the way through the tour this would have made my it would have been hard not to let my head drop but I did well in my other Essex gigs in Colchester and Southend and I haven't played Harlow for a long time if ever and as it turned out the 89 people who came out were a top-notch and clever audience and it was a pleasure performing to them. April, whilst not being the cruelest month, has had a lot of smaller and slightly trickier gigs in it, just by coincidence really. I played most of the bigger spaces last month and there's a lot of art centres at the moment, uh, but as Robin Ince discusses in his recent Honest, though by his own admission slightly melodramatic, but it's good to see him discussing the roller coaster ride that most comedians have to endure, blog. It's weird to be playing to 600 one night, I wish, and 40 the next. Tomorrow I go to Bristol where I'll comfortably sold the 500 plus tickets for two gigs months ago and could perhaps have actually had a shot at being in the actual Colston Hall, but then the next day I'm going to a big theatre in Monmouth to general local indifference. I know I've built up the big crowds by going back year on year and gaining new fans along the way, so I have to remind myself it will take time to conquer areas like Harlow and Monmouth. It's probably time I don't have, though, and I'm not sure that the theatres will be chomping at the bit to have me back, but having been through the same doubts as Robin and all comedians, I'm currently in a place where I can see this as a, in a positive light. It's not terrible that only 89 people saw me tonight. It's actually amazing when you think about it, especially if you think I'm shit, but it's a greater challenge for a comedian. It was a really enjoyable gig for me, and I reckon most of the people would tell their friends to come and see me at the Playhouse book me again. That would be a palatable scenario if I was 27 rather than 47, and it'd be nice to think I'd done enough in a quarter of a century to ensure a decent crowd where everywhere, everywhere I went. It's certainly easy to vacillate between wondering why I'm doing, not doing better when I think I'm pretty strong and original and interesting act, and assuming lack of interest must be down to the fact that I'm actually shit. Comedians generally exhibit these contradictory qualities of overconfidence and total self-doubt. It's what makes us who we are, infuriatingly cocky and pathetically vulnerable. But for the moment, I feel pretty good about the way things are going, as well as paranoid about who it is who's ensuring that my genius goes unrecognised. Sometimes it's like I'm two different people fighting it out for predominance. If only there was some arena that I could allow these two bats to, to battle it out. I've been playing a lot of Adam's Family Pinball today. I've discovered that on the exercise bikes at the gym, I can lean my iPad against the handlebars and play as I cycle. This might be the biggest boost to my slightly flagging fitness I could hope for. Sorry, that's my uh, daughter on the... Um, she's on the... Uh, maybe I can turn this off. That's just on the walkie-talkie thing. Uh, yeah, let's turn it off. And, you know, it's okay to turn it off because my wife is there. No, it won't turn off. Harry, do you know how to turn this off? It won't go off, Terry. I've just turned the volume off. That'll do it. Ah, where was I? Uh, this might be the yeah, might be the biggest boost of my slightly flagging fit, fitness. I could you edit all that out, Terry. Yeah, no, thanks a lot. I appreciate you being back as well. This might be the biggest boost to my slightly flagging fitness I could hope for. If only I could fix it so that my iPod would only work if I was pedalling on the bike, then I think I might get 50 hours of cycling in a day. The game still has challenges for me. I wanted to beat my high score of 790 million. I want to tour the mansion twice in one turn, and I'd like to actually complete the full tour of the mansion before losing the ball 
which I've never achieved on the computer version. Typically, with 15 minutes before the show, I started a game where I was playing very well. I even secured the difficult extra balls for going to 50 bear kicks and a fourth train wreck. What do you mean you don't know what I'm talking about? If you don't like Adam's Family Pinball, you're not allowed to listen to this blog and you're not going to enjoy my next live show, which is going to be all observational comedy about the game. With two minutes to stage time, I was over 600 million with balls in hand. Not like that, though it is an exciting game, but you need both hands on the screen. And approaching a second tour of the mansion, having come tantalising close to completing the full mansion tour on the first one. I had to go on stage. I'm not saying I reset. I, I, I resent having to perform. It says reset there. Okay. That's what I'm working with. But what's more important here? I left the game paused. At the end of the first half, I explained the situation to the slightly confused audience and went back to my dressing room, hoping that the break would not mean that I'd lost pinball focus. I managed to surpass my high score and get to tour the mansion a second time, but with an extra ball lit and the chance of a big point score, I bottled it right at the start of the tour and lost my final bar ball, checking out at 924,393,660. With that additional ball and a bit more staying power on the mansion tour, I could have cracked the billion and all the adulation and accolades and sense of importance and achievement that would have come with that. So this was a triumph that felt like a disaster. Only Rudyard Kipling could understand what was going on. No one can say I'm wasting my valuable writing time. Uh, the retro Rahalastapur, oh, sound different robot voice, is now up in the usual places, YouTube, Vimeo and iTunes. Check it out if you like. I'm just going to move straight on. For the last couple of days, I've been unable to find my house keys. This kind of thing is happening a lot more these days, partly because of baby tiredness, but mainly due to middle age. I've been losing stuff and misplacing things. Most of it has eventually turned up. I've been using our spare keys and casually looking for the proper set, which has loads of keys like bike and bike shed keys that I don't have copies of, but I hadn't found them in any of the obvious places. I thought I'd last had them when we popped out to a local Mexican restaurant for some margaritas. Might have I left them in a daze or two? Of, might have left them there in a daze of two alcoholic drinks? Had I used them to get back into the house afterwards? I couldn't remember. My my wife maybe did open the door. This afternoon I made a concerted effort to find them. I looked in pockets and in drawers and under sofa cushions. We'd recently had a big tidy up in the house and they might have ended up anywhere, but they weren't any of the places I looked. I even went back to the restaurant to check that they didn't have them, but to no avail. I was getting frustrated and cross and paranoid that if I'd dropped them, I'd dropped them in the street, we might be burgled, but I knew they had to be in the house, but they didn't seem to be. Trying to make light of my stupidity, I went on to Twitter and tweeted, has anyone seen my house keys? As expected, I got lots of joke answers along the lines of, they're in the last place, you'll look for them. But amongst the wags was a at a house stop who replied, you were sitting on them at the start of the Izzy Sooty video. I'd certainly not expected Twitter to give me the answer here, but I realised this was almost certainly it. I remembered I'd recorded that intro when I was slightly swiffy after the Mexican restaurant and had felt uncomfortable with the keys in my back pocket and taken them out and put them on the desk. I'd actually filmed myself losing them. I realised I hadn't seen them since, and although it was too late to check as I was already on the road to Bristol, I was pretty sure... Excuse me, Terry, edit that out, that burp out. I was pretty sure the mystery was solved, even though I'd searched the desk a few times. Indeed, when I got home, I went to have a look, and though the keys weren't immediately apparent, they really should have been, as they were sitting in full view on the edge of my in-tray. How crazy that Twitter had solved this puzzle. Now I just need to film my whole life, and I will never lose anything again. Those suit trousers might still be with me if only I'd gone full Truman. Lovely to play a packed Colson Hall, quiet voice, the lanterns. Bristol has not forsaken me, and I kind of wonder how I would do if they put me in the big room. I wouldn't sell it out, but I could have sold a lot more tickets as this had been sold out for months. Bristol is always one of my favourite places to play. The audience were great. When I spoke of my Hermione hands, a man threw his actual wallet on stage, presumed to pay for my unique Hermione massaging services. services. I said that I would keep it, but after seeing there was no money in it, I finally gave it back. 
Great to have a packed one tonight. Back to lots of empty seats tomorrow in Monmouth. Uh, there's more cool memorabilia and ridiculous handmade t-shirts up for auction on my eBay page. Check those out, why don't you? They're quite nice. How do we get so far behind, Terry? That's what I don't understand. It's ridiculous having to do them all like this. I don't know, Richard. It is beyond me. I wasn't, I wasn't talking to you, Rover Voice. I was talking to Terry. Yeah, thanks, Terry. That's it's good for you to know. Well, I know it is weird how we got so far behind. Anyway, let's do the next one. Warming up 4531, Saturday the 25th of April 2015. Our baby is taking after, and talking? No, not yet. Is taking after a mother in almost every way, which is only a good thing. Like her mum, she's long-limbed and is, I guess, going to be tall. Perhaps we'll next have a short, stocky boy, and if so, I can only pass on my apologies to him in advance. Your only way out of that disaster is to be funny, and I wouldn't wish that hell on anyone. But Phoebe has grown up so so much in the ten weeks she's been around. She's been sleeping in a Moses basket, which just seems to be asking for trouble. Look what happened with the original Moses basket. When she was born, she was just about half the, half the length of the basket, but already her feet touch the bottom and her head grazes the top, and it's time to upgrade to a new bed. She has a full-size cot in her room, but for now we wanted to sleep in the same room as us. So just in case we haven't spent enough money already, we had to buy an intermediary cot, an intermediary cot this week, which means I had to build it slash put together the flat pack furniture. Fatherhood hasn't turned me from a DIY dunce to a handyman, but necessity is the mother of constructing flat pack, flat pack furniture, and I've certainly become more practical than before. You're faced with lots of challenges and not much time as a dad, and so you just have to get on with stuff. And I'm doing better at this sort of thing than I did in the past when time was my own and I had a little impetus to change. After the debacle of putting together the bed for the nursery and the other cot, today's rather more complicated construction went off with almost no hitch. I did put all four sides together without realising this would mean I couldn't slide in the bottom, but that just meant undoing four screws and trying again. I hardly even got grumpy with my wife. And the cot swings like it's meant to, and the mechanism that prevents it swinging works. It's slightly terrifying as it feels not like all that, or that feels like not all that much is holding it up, and, and all responsibility for the stability of the crib ends with me. But Phoebe was grumpy in her tiny Moses basket, perhaps worried we were going to launch her downstream, and immediately settled down and went to sleep in the cot. I'm, I'm smashing it as a dad. As long as Phoebe meets no other men, she will continue to think that I am the bee's knees. Monmouth tonight and a late surgeon ticket saw over 125 in. It's a great theatre, the oldest working theatre in Wales. As I joked, it's over five years old, run by enthusiastic staff and a fitting and enjoyable end to two months of fairly full-on gigging. I realise with excitement that I only have one tour show between now and the 7th of May. So although it was a long drive home, it was good to be going home for a proper long stint. Thanks to all those of you who come to see the tour thus far. Something's just gone wrong uh, with uh, this. Uh, yes, uh, less than 20 chances to see the show now, including the DVD record at the Bloomsbury on the 15th of May. Go to richtone.com slash L-O-T-D-S slash tour, and you can find out the link to buy tickets to that, or just Google the Bloomsbury. Please come to that. They're selling well, but it will be ace to sell it out. It's always a fun night. It's a special night with the DVD. Lots of extra stuff goes on. Or if you're camera shy or having an affair, then you can see the show on the 14th at the Bloomsbury when it's not being filmed. Similar, same link to... Sunday lunch at the in-laws today with Phoebe very much the centre of attention as always. Before we were linked by marriage, but now our blood and DNA is mingled inside a tiny human being. Their family history is now my, most certainly my family history. The twists and turns. Sorry, that was robot voice pinging for some reason. I think the uh, I think the uh, pudding that is microwaving inside him is ready. The twists and turns that it took to create them are directly responsible for the creation of my daughter. And on the anniversary of the Battle of Gallipoli, 
My father-in-law dug out a picture of his own grandfather, Bernard, Phoebe's great-great-grandfather, who'd fought in the, the battle and got mentioned in dispatches for successfully laying down cabling at high speed whilst under enemy shell fire. We were shown a photocopy of the death dispatch, which was signed by Winston Churchill, the architect of the doomed campaign, though perhaps he made up for it later. The complicated and outrageous unlikelihood of any of us existing, existing is shown by the fact that Bernard met his future wife, Agnes, at his brother's Joe's wedding. Agnes was the sister of the bride, Nora had been practically engaged to someone else at the time, but it was love at first sight, and Bernard managed to win Agnes's heart. Uh, sorry, Agnes was the sister. I'm trying to make sense of myself there, Terry. Agnes, let's do it again. Agnes was the sister of the bride, Nora, and had been practically engaged to someone else at the time, but it was love at first sight, and Bernard managed to win Agnes's heart. And maybe in a hundred years' time, my descendants will talk of how I fell in love with Katie in a similar way. But further than that, Joe himself had been engaged to someone else before Nora, but she'd been killed when a vehicle hit her after, after flying off a racetrack, and Joe had survived in the war when a bullet heading for his chest had been deflected off a coin in his pocket. But for these crazy, crazy moments of good and bad luck, then none of the people I was dining with would be here, and the people who lived in this house instead would have been very confused about why I turned up for lunch. As any true student of the fate knows, even tinier instances than this would have such a knock-on effect as to make more or less guarantee that nobody alive today would be so in the alternate universe where the bullet went slightly to the right or the original fiancé didn't go to the racetrack or stood somewhere else. Bernard himself nearly came a cropper a couple of times in the war. Once when he was on sentry duty and worked out that the enemy shells were getting close to where he was, he stepped away from the box and the shell landed right on it, which would certainly have killed him if he'd stayed where he was. It should have killed him anyway, but luckily it didn't detonate. The DNA that would help to make my daughter should have been splattered all over France. And how many more times before the creation of life and now, between the creation of life and now, did one of her ancestors nearly snuff it before they'd reproduced or taken a chance turn where they bumped into a person or monkey or vole or fish or amoeba that they would mate with? Okay, not amoeba. As if the odds of being the right sperm and the right ejaculation weren't high enough. I love this kind of stuff. Not the sperm so much as the history. Who am I kidding? The sperm and the history are equal. Who am I kidding? Sperm wins. But sperm beats anything in top trumps. It's in the rules. And I still love the history thing a lot. And the Wilkin side of Phoebe's family has a lot more exciting stuff in it than the herrings, at least the parts I know of. Even without the wartime stories, it's pretty cool that there are double cousins in there. Two brothers marrying two sisters. Though I may have got that slightly wrong, but it's still double cousins. Uh, all my family did was make some ventriloquist dummies that one would one day be involved in a sexual assault.